This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Hey, that's pretty bad. There was a lot of interesting stuff in this game, obviously, but the most notable thing is that Pascal Siakam, he strained his right groin. For anybody who was wondering, has this happened to him before? What was the timeline like? Yes. In his first All-NBA season, 2019-20, he missed 11 games and was on rest technically for 23 days and was affected to some degree once he came back. That was the last time he strained. His right groin. He also had like a little baby groin thing in the Tampa season, but not much attention has been paid to that. Mostly people worried about the labrum at that point in time. This is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk, and it is, of course, brought to you by Goldfinger Law. And shout out to Goldfinger Law, where there's no fee unless you win. And you can contact them at 416-730-1777. The Raptors lose this game to the Dallas Mavericks, and yes, most notably is that Pascal is injured. Who knows if Fred is coming back next game, but they lose 111 to 110. This was also Scotty's first triple-double, which is, of course, of note. Congratulations to him. This was also OG Ananobi. I was actually the first one to pick up on it, which was cool on Twitter, but he's the first Raptors player to ever do three straight games of five or more steals. And so that's another record for him after he set the record for the first guy on the Raptors to do back-to-back games of five steals twice. Kind of a mouthful, that one. Man, this one stinks. And there's it's fun to take away from this game that the Raptors kind of figured out how they wanted to defend Luka. And despite Scotty, that three that Luka hit at the end, yes, you know, OG got called for that foul. It was really nice to see them find how they wanted to defend Luka. And with some more of that blitzing and trapping, they were pretty good at getting back and rotating behind that. And yes, there's some bad shooting from the Mavericks. Some three offensive fouls on three straight possessions were called against them. Miraculously, they had some travels. But that's the Raptors speeding role players up and putting them in uncomfortable positions. That was nice to see. But the start of this game, they really... They struggled against Luka. Let's see. Yeah, 35 points, eight boards, six assists for Luka on six, sorry, 10 of 15 shooting, three of six from three, and he went 12 of 14 from the line. He has had his struggles historically from the line, and 12 of 14 is just a lot better than we can typically expect from Luka Doncic. Let's, Let's peek at this. What's he usually shooting from the free throw line? 77% after this game. Historically, he's sitting around like 74. 12 for 14 is very, very strong. The Raptors, man. Yeah, it's it's hard not to feel, what's the term, morose, maybe? I'm certain it's like morose or some something close to that. 
and uh, Solon, perhaps, you know. <sighs> Pascal was playing like a top 10 player, and he looked primed to keep on doing so, so that the other guys who are playing like top 10, some of those guys filter out, and he looks like he's kind of hanging around the top five. He's been so impressive on all aspects of the floor. He was tonight. The the Mavericks in that first half were geared against Pascal, stopping him, getting the ball out of his hands, were trying to contain him by shading heavily. And at first, he was finding the guys for passes out, finding them for shots. Shots didn't drop. So Pascal went to his mid-range bag, went to that isolation bag, even when that sh- they were shading, gapping, playing that type of defense, and still getting to his spots. He still leaves this game with like a pretty good stat line. I think 18, 7, and 6. Yeah, man. Yeah, but an injury. Tough, oh, tough one to take. That's disappointing. With Fred, you know, we, we always knew it was a little thing. Yes, he's been sitting out for three games, but Pascal, given what we know about the history of it, that's a bit of a bother. I'm going to leave that, though. Okay, so Pascal, he's injured. For how long, we don't know. We'll have news about that in the coming days, but... The man is injured. The game, though, evidenced, I'll, I'll give you some numbers. Two points for Reggie Bullock, nine for Dwight Powell, uh, 11 for Dorian Finney-Smith, six for Tim Hardaway Jr., two for Maxi Kleba, uh, seven for Josh Green, five for Javon jo- jo- <laughs> McGee, by the way. That's the name I'm butchering. Anyway, they didn't impact the game a ton, and especially Dwight Powell, he got two rebounds. Um, they were big ones at the end. He was he was pressuring at the end. But my goodness, dude, uh, the Raptors did a pretty good job of really keeping those guys under wraps. It was the point of attack defense against Spencer Dinwiddie and Luka Doncic that had a lot of success. And I don't want to be too hard on Scotty because Scotty, his second half defense on Luka, I thought was quite good. The compete level was much better. He was better at kind of slinking around screens or just flat out switching and containing the big getting in lane so a pocket pass wasn't there. The tags on the back end got better as the game progressed, so those those lobs weren't there for Luka. The Raptors defense as a whole did a, a, a much better job of kind of containing what Luka wanted to do, and that made Luka resort at that point in time to a little bit of jump shot shot making, which he was capable of doing, unfortunately. That late three, that was a big one. The shimmy shimmy, pump you know swivel shimmy that he had on precious situa where precious the defense was so good it just didn't matter because lucas shot the ball 37 feet in the air and it dropped right into the bucket it's just sometimes shots are going to be made and sometimes cuts are going to be made dorian finney smith with that late slam when the raptors are playing trapping when luca comes across half court you know they, they bring that pressure too you know like three quarter court press then you bring that pressure the Sometimes you are going to have breakdowns, but the Raptors, for the most part, I think should be pretty happy. Like 15 points in the fourth quarter for the Mavericks. And that was largely because of Precious, Boucher, Scotty, OG. It's just, it's a really, really great, those four core guys playing defense. Otto also uh, deserves a lot of credit for kind of subbing in at the end there too. And Gary as well. Those six guys in the fourth quarter, meaningful defense for certain and when like chris boucher finishes with 17 points nine boards precious finishes with 15 and eight you know those guys every game are going to have a significant amount of impact and this game where 
Luka is going to get downhill. You have to either switch or play really impressive drop or hedge. Coloco, he played like 12 minutes in this game. Not good in this one. And the Raptors tried to make up for that a little bit by having him drop out of these actions and then go to next rotation. So if you can picture a next rotation in your mind, imagine Luka has the ball above the break. You're guarding, you know, a pick and roll action. Luca starts coming downhill. The guy who was guarding him is behind the ball. What happens then? The guy who is guarding Luca is going to shoot out to the other guy above the break. And whoever was guarding the other guy above the break is going to slide over and switch on to Luca. It's a switch from one pass over. And the guy who was guarding Luca is going to shoot to one pass over. That's the type of switch it is. And then that means that they can keep uh, Coloco dropped low during all of that, as long as they don't fear the pick and pop, which with with Powell they didn't really tonight, and and that made sense I think because Powell wasn't killing them from downtown, and that wasn't something that Dallas was even trying to make happen. Really, Powell didn't attempt any threes in this game, so that made sense. Although some of the next thing, it just wasn't done well, and it led to breakdowns and stuff like that. And even Spencer Dinwiddie, it wasn't just Luca, but Spence as well when that ball came to rest, was still able to, a lot of the time, get to the places he wanted to on the court. That was, that's kind of his whole bag, right? Is that Spence, he's not really good at keeping advantage going, making quick decisions on the ball, like we've seen from maybe Donovan Mitchell as a two guard, as a secondary guard, even though Donovan has definitely leaped Garland at this point. But anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent. Spence, the ball is going to come to rest. He's not going to, He's not going to give you those advantages that way, but he can create his own. And he did against quite a few different defenders in this one. Man, it's hard to walk away from this game thinking of anything other than how good the Raptors defense looked at the end, which it did. But also we have to keep in mind that, yes, the Raptors defense struggled immensely at the start, and it took them too long to get into the swing of things. And this was a game where, Coloco started, people listen to this podcast, you've heard me after each game say, a little bit wary of the Coloco minutes, it was a good game against San Antonio, the lack of shooting was was a big deal, Um, but I was very happy in this game to see Achua 26 minutes, Boucher nearly 30 minutes, that's important, I'm glad the they pulled the lever, and even that might have been a little bit late, because Coloco struggled from, from the jump. And uh, maybe maybe you wanted to get some of those reps against a guy like Luca. Who knows? But, it, I mean, Coloco is 150 days younger than Achua. You could make the case that Achua needs reps as much as Coloco does if you wanted to. Uh, Banton played in this game, Thad in this game. But just quick little things. Uh, Otto played 20 minutes. I do want to kind of focus in on Otto. Really great defensive decision-making. He didn't pop off in an incredible way offensively. He had two threes. And the one he missed, it nearly bounced its way in, so that was nice to see. But we were kind of starting to see the beginning of it against San Antonio. There were some heady defensive plays, but the rotations defensively in this one, really, really crisp. And some of those impromptu doubles when the guy turns his back and you go over there and you blitz them like, hey, you pop up, they might lose their pivot. They might have to use an escape dribble and try and throw a lava pass over the top of you, whatever. He was really great at those in this game. His two steals, they kind of echo that sentiment. And yeah, the most attention, Scotty kind of working his way into the middle of the the Mavericks defense down the stretch there. 
The offensive rebounding was a super big deal. That's how the Raptors stayed in this game. Second chance points. That brought them back into it. Some shot making, of course, but Scotty down the stretch was phenomenal. OG, 27 points, seven boards, five steals in this one. He was the guy who kept them afloat. You know, Pascal, obviously, to some degree early on, but uh, OG with 27 in this game. Not only getting it off of, we've talked about it ad nauseum, but a guy who is able to take defense, turn it into offense. When you get, was it like 16 steals in three games? Pretty big deal. <laughs> it's a lot of steals. I, I think Blake had said that they had, that Ananobi has 28 through his first now nine games, so averaging over three steals a game. He's going to turn some of that into offense. But in the half court, he was able to create you know a fair bit for himself as well. And he hit his, you know, his catch and shoot threes, four of six from downtown. Scotty was one for six. Gary was one for seven. Uh, Gary's offensive decision making in this game was putrid. Uh, and I understand why he may have been pressing, but he was pressing before things were kind of gnarly for the Raptors, before that, that, that half court offense slowed down. He was taking shots out of the rhythm of the game. 17 seconds on the shot clock, pull up three. Guess what happens coming back down the other way after you miss a three for the Mavericks? It's it's not the best. And if this was a game where he was on a heater, then, yeah, maybe it works out. But this is a game where he, you know, one for seven from three, three of 12 from the field, no rebounds, no assists, and one steal. And it's just tough to stomach that type of performance since, you know, it's not just missing shots, but it's also forcing it a little bit when, you could keep moving the ball and a guy like Boucher, a guy like Precious, who Precious, I mean, he, he missed two threes. He airballed one, but this was a guy who, for the most part, let the game come to him. And that's even including some isolations that worked out well. Um, well, I guess it was a middling return on those, but it, it's a better offensive process than some other things we saw tonight. So, I mean, this game was just from start to finish. We saw so many different versions of this Raptors team and this also serves as a decent reminder I think it, you need Fred and the Raptors as I said after San Antonio game in that piece that I wrote well I said it was really fast game I went and looked at the numbers afterwards it was the most transition any team has played of any game so far this season the Raptors can't sustain that and Dallas plays slow you get into the half court, you have to be able to create. We saw the limitations of that for the Raptors tonight. Severe limitations in that regard. And especially a guy like Josh Green getting out and running some of the turnovers and stuff like that. E even just any any form of transition offense for the Mavericks or pseudo transition, live rebound, push, that kind of stuff, which they do less than other teams admittedly. But, you know, the Raptors... The more shots you make, the more the other team has to take it out of their own bucket, the more set, you know, defenses you get that you make the other team have to engage with. And, you know, there's no cross matching that you don't like. There's nothing that goes on there. And Fred, when he's healthy, when he's back, is going to be a huge help in games like this. Obviously, you know, in the Spurs game, in the Atlanta game, the Raptors get to play all this transition and they go buck wild and Fred doesn't need to be out there. Of course not. They're playing this brand and it's working. They've overwhelmed the teams, but uh, you know, and, and not that Fred can't fit into that, by the way, but Fred fits in so well to a game like this where he would have been a tremendous help. 
And uh, in the half court offense, I just can't imagine how much easier it might have been to uh, to keep up with that stuff. And also as like a, a tagger in the pick and roll, he's pretty good. Those dig down stuff like that. Maybe it wouldn't have mattered as much because Luca is less reliant on the the bounce pass, the pocket pass. He likes to go airborne for the lobs a lot more. Powell's pretty good at going up and getting it, but uh, it's just for other heavy pick and roll teams. Fred as a tag guy is is pretty good as well. And uh, obviously, we saw him get cooked against Maxi at the point of attack, but uh, he's still pretty good guard defender in this league. Something of note. But yeah, man, I'm just I'm gonna hang my hat there. I think uh, the Reggie Evans award, I'm giving it to Scotty. It's uh, even though his the Raptors did some peel switching in the first half and Scotty moving quickly or slowly off the ball to the corner, that rotation. Sometimes it, it looked very lackadaisical. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like that's that's of note, obviously. But yeah, the 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 compete level from Scotty that increased and ratcheted it up throughout the game. That was uh, well worth the price of admission, I would think. So, yeah, it, it's it's of note. And uh, I thought his his compete level ended up in a, a really, really strong place. And he was one of the major drivers down the stretch, if not the major driver. So Reggie Evans award to Scotty. The top cook reaction comment is from Robin. Quote, start of the third, we got the Tony Brothers classic, putting three quick fouls on OG, even though his positioning on a couple of the calls was questionable. He's pulled this for years to ease the aggressiveness of an impact player. Still love the fight from our guys. Fun game, end quote. Um, like, yeah, OG had a couple fouls that were tough. Uh, those offensive ones, I, I think you could agree with that. I'm thinking of two of them. The one was, you know, a little baby arm bar, and then he went into his spin move, and Spence kind of buckled. That That was kind of tough to see. OG has a, a you know a reputation for bowling guys over. Probably that's more of a reputation call. I didn't know Tony Brothers made that call. Hmm. And then the next one was the hit ahead pass from Scotty, where it did look like OG. Yes, he was had that arm extended, but as did I believe it was Spence on him again had that arm extended as well. Uh, OG had a fistful of jersey too. Maybe that's why they called it. I thought it was just like play on two guys going up to get the ball. You know, it's wide receiver DB stuff. Uh, that was the second one. I, I didn't see the third one. I don't know what you're referring to, but um, I, I'm not sure if that was. I can see why each of these things would be called. You don't want them to come in succession. Um, but this game, the Raptors got picked apart by tremendous play by Luca early and then just incredible shot making. The Raptors found their way. And, and honestly, they got to play a pretty aggressive brand of defense down the stretch that they weren't hamstrung by the refing, I didn't think. And um, yeah, I, I wouldn't put this game on the refs or anything like that. Um, it's just sometimes you lose a game and they, they found a style down the stretch, but they also lost Pascal Siakam, who Siakam has been by mag, like a magnitude, an order of 10, right? Uh, of he, he's been the best half court motivator for the Raptors success this season. It's, it's not close and they lost him and you know, they, you have to be able to score in the half court and they had some things go right down the stretch, but they didn't have the juice and it's tough, but yeah, I understand everyone's frustrated with refs all of the time. Every team, why wouldn't you be these guys make calls and they go against your team. It's like, damn, I didn't think that was a foul. And now you've, you know, implicated my team in some sort of thing. 
It's tough. Anyway, once again, Pascal Siakam, strained groin. Uh, Kim Birch was out for this game with a sore right knee. Fred Van Vliet was out for this game with lower back stiffness. We'll see if any of that shakes up. We'll see if, you know, Ron Harper Jr., who is on assignment in the G League, well, I guess he's on a two-way, so it doesn't count as assignment. Justin Champagny is on assignment. We'll see if either of those guys come up with Pascal's looming absence. We'll see what happens. Uh, thanks for tuning in with me. It's uh, It's been a slice. <laughs> uh get better soon pascal and fred and kim and anybody who's feeling bad out there even you listener maybe maybe your knees swollen maybe you got gout or something like that anyway thanks for tuning in with me i've been samson folk whether you got into this in the morning or at night have a blessed day and goodbye